You're listening to The Brook in Madison, Alabama. They say you're the king of everything, the one who taught the wind to sing, the source of the rhythm of my heart. From darkness to light, this is the story we all share as the people of God. He draws us out to draw us in. From the birth of Israel to the church today, God delivers and dwells with his people. Well, good morning. Uh, for those of you who may not know me, my name is Bill Klein. I'm one of the uh, elders here at the Brook. And Brian asked me if I would, uh, in his absence today, to share the message. And I am always happy to do that. I'll let you in a little secret. I don't pray about that. When someone asks you, hey, would you like to share the gospel in front of 300 people? You don't pray about it, right? You say, yes, I will. <laughs> so I'm glad to do that. And as I've told you before, in my opinion, um, communicating spiritual and biblical truth is the highest form of communication a human can have uh, with another human being. That's just my opinion. That's, that's just awesome to be able to do that. And I'm blessed uh, to be here again this morning. So let me ask you a question. If someone were to ask you, what is the will of God for my life? How would you answer that? Or, or maybe you have that question this morning. What, what is God's will for my life? There, is, there are a surprising number of followers of Jesus who, who don't know what God's will is for their life or who see that as, as some ambiguous, uh, mysterious thing that we can't uh, fully understand or comprehend in this life. And my hope is this morning that when you leave here, you'll have a good understanding of what God's will is for your life. And it's not because I have any kind of special knowledge about that uh, that you don't have. It's simply in the scripture. And someone had to show that to me a while back. And I want to share that with you this morning. What is God's will for your life? So we're continuing our journey uh, in Exodus 34, the book of Exodus today. And uh, we'll be in chapter 34. So if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and turn there to Exodus chapter 34. Or if you want to use the Bible app on your cellular device, feel free to do that. Go to events and uh, you'll see the brook there. Uh, click on the brook and all the notes and scripture verses will be there for you. And all the blanks will be filled in, which is pretty cool. Uh, or if you're a paper and pencil kind of a person, uh, feel free to follow along uh, with on the back of your bulletin. But we'll be in Exodus chapter 34. Um, so you might remember last week that Brian preached from the same chapter, the first part of Exodus 34, um, where, where Moses goes back to Mount Sinai and gets a, a, a second set of the Ten Commandments. If you're wondering what happened to the first, go ahead and just read that prior to that. You'll see. But Moses is coming down the mountain with the second set of the Ten Commandments that he received from the Lord. And this morning we're going to pick up in verse 29, verse 29 of Exodus 34, and uh, we'll see where Moses is leaving the mountain, coming back down to the people. Exodus chapter 34 and verse 29. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, 
As he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face shone. And they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron, and all the elders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked with them. Verse 32, afterward, all the people of Israel came near, and he commanded them all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. And when Moses, when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. Whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would remove the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the people of Israel what, what he was commanded, the people of Israel would see the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face was shining, and Moses would put the veil over his face again until he went in to speak with him. And believe it or not, this passage gives us an early glimpse of what God's will is for our lives. It started way back in Exodus. So here's what we know. Moses is with the Lord uh, 40 days and 40 nights. And I think it even says in there he didn't eat or drink, which is superhuman. You have to be in the Lord's presence to be able to pull that off. But we know he was up there 40 days, 40 nights, and this is what happened. During that visit, Moses beheld uh, some of the glory of God. Moses beheld and witnessed some of the glory of God. Moses retained some of that glory of God. And Moses, upon his return down from the mountain, reflected some of that glory of God uh, to the people. It could be seen by everybody who looked at him. And this happened again uh, during Jesus' ministry. You'll remember that Brian told us last week when he recounted for us what was known as the transfiguration of Jesus. If you, if you don't mind, I'd like to review that passage again because it has something to do with where we're going in learning what the will of God is for our lives. So if you'll turn to Matthew chapter 17, Matthew chapter 17, beginning at verse 1, Matthew 17, verse 1. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. Hold on to that word, okay? He was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Can I go down another path real quick about this passage? You've you got to love this guy, Peter, right? I mean, here he is in the middle of this remarkable event 
where, where Jesus reveals his glory along with Moses and Elijah is there. And instead of just soaking all this up, you know, like most people would do, Peter's got to say something. And, and not only does he say something, what he says is equally incredible. He says this. He says, Jesus, it's really good that we're here with you. Because here's what we can do. We can build um, some tents or memorials, if you will. And, and we can get this thing going. It'll be a great mountain. And while he's still speaking, he becomes probably the first and only human being to be interrupted by God. And God is saying, like Peter, shut your mouth. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. But going back to the passage there in Matthew, can we do a, a, just a really quick Greek lesson? Is that okay? Now, let me tell you straight up. I don't know anything about Greek. I, I've never taken a Greek class before, but I do know a couple of things. I know that most of the New Testament, including the passage we're going to look at, where it was written in Greek, okay? And I do know that I have a Greek dictionary in my study. So if I want to know the Greek word for any English equivalent in the New Testament, I just look up the English equivalent. So I look up transfigure, and I find this Greek word, and it's called metamorphuo. That's the Greek word for transfigure, metamorphuo. It simply means to change into another form. Now, with that in mind, uh, you can remember uh, things uh, like your biology class, where, and some of you are way ahead of me already, you remember this word called metamorphosis. Absolutely. To change from one form into another, a, a, in, in modern-day vernacular, we call it morphed. You know, that's what people say today, and that's fine. But it's metamorphosis. It's turning uh, from one, uh, changing from one form to another. Like a, in biology, I remember a tadpole can change into a frog right? Uh, a, a, a caterpillar can weave a cocoon and undergo metamorphosis and change into a, a butterfly. Now with that in mind, keep all this together here, let's skip ahead to Paul's second letter to the church at Corinth, 2 Corinthians, and let's look at chapter 3, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, and we'll begin at verse 11 where Paul is actually going to give us some commentary on Exodus 34. Don't you love it when the Bible gives commentary on itself? That's really, it's really good when that happens in helping us to understand Scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 beginning at verse 11. This is what Paul writes, For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what, that will, what is permanent have glory. Now he's talking about the passing of the Old Covenant into the New Covenant. All right. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened. For to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted. Because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses or the law is read, a veil lies over their hearts. 
But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed, same Greek word, into into that same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So what does all this that we're looking at, all the Scripture, have to do with God's will for my life? Okay, we're getting there, all right? Got a few more Scriptures I would like you to look at. Turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, a familiar chapter in the Bible. And I'm going to get close to the verse that you probably know by heart. Romans 8:28 says this, We know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are called according to His purpose. Isn't that an awesome promise, a remarkable promise from the Lord, that all things in life that we go through are working together for good? But Romans 8:29 is the one I'd like you to focus on. Romans chapter 8:29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he, Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brothers. The will of God for your life and for my life is in Romans 8.29. Who God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. The will of God for your life is this. The will of God is to bring Him glory. Get that, get that right. The will of God for you and for me is to bring Him glory by conforming us into the image of His Son in the way we think, in the way we speak, and in the way we conduct ourselves in this life. His will for us is to reflect the character of Christ to others. Exactly like Moses reflected God's glory. God has called us to reflect the glory, the likeness, the image of His Son, Jesus. Now, how does, how does this happen? Th- this transformation process that we're going through into the image of Christ, we have to remember this. This is a ministry of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's so important in the New Testament that we understand the idea behind passive and active verbs. Now, that may sound all academic, but it's, it's huge that we know this. Uh, a passive verb is something that's being done to you, right? An active verb is something you are doing. We are being transformed into the image of Christ. That's a passive verb. Something is going on from outside to you. You are being changed. Not, you're not changing yourself. How many of you know that doesn't work? When you try, I'm, I'm going to t- turn over a new leaf. Yeah, New Year's is coming, right? And you, you're going to have a million of these resolutions. And you probably won't make it past the first 
two or three weeks. But when we have something acting on us, specifically the Holy Spirit acting upon us, we can be sure that what He is doing in our lives is going to be completed and come to fruition. So we, un- we need to understand that we are being conformed through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You're not conforming yourself. As we behold His glory. Now that's kind of like Bible speak is the term I use. Stuff that is in the Bible that isn't readily understandable or, or uh, clear uh, to, to, to the reader. And wh- what does it mean to behold His glory? Well, it means to look at Jesus. It simply means to look at Jesus through the eyes of our hearts. Now, we can't see Jesus with our natural eyes yet. But we can see Jesus with a set of spiritual eyes. We can see Him with the eyes of of our heart and we can behold him and see him that way as a matter of fact in in Hebrews uh, 12 verse 2 I don't think this is on the screen but you are commanded to fix your eyes on Christ the writer says fix your eyes on Jesus the author and the perfecter of our faith so we, we do have the ability to see Jesus. We do have the ability to look at Christ through the eyes of our heart. Somebody once said this. It's kind of profound. I don't know who said it. Um, but they said this. You become like your emotional focus. Think about that. You become like your emotional focus. If we're around somebody all the time and and we're preoccupied with that person, we will actually, over time, begin to take on some of those characteristics, right? Um, Parents know this only too well. We raised three girls, and, and we understand what this looks like in the real world. You become like your emotional focus. Um, the, the girls would... Ha- this is why, parents, we're so concerned about who our kids hang out with, right? Because we know that other people can have an influence on our children. Uh, there's a term called missional dating, where, you know, you'll date an unbeliever. And the idea is like, well, yeah, I can share the gospel with them. I can have those conversations. You know what? They usually don't happen. What, what usually happens? They are drawn the other way. That's what happens. As a matter of fact, this is old stuff. Solomon in Proverbs, and I think it's Proverbs 13.20, said something like this. He said, the, the person who walks with wise people becomes wise, right? But the companion of fools suffers harm. So you become like your emotional focus. We will become like those who we are preoccupied with. So how can I see and be preoccupied with Jesus in 2018 and soon to be 2019 how do we look at him 
Well, we know we can look at him through the eyes of our heart. But what are some specific ways? Well, one way is you can see him uh, in his word. Would you like to behold Jesus this afternoon? Open your scriptures and read. And he will reveal himself to the eyes of your heart. Some of you, hopefully, may have already experienced that this morning in worship. So when we, when we open scripture with an open heart, Jesus will reveal himself through the words that he has given us. You can see Christ when you worship him. Now, we know that worship is a seven-day-a-week activity, right? It's not, a, it's not five songs on Sunday morning. We get that? That it's a seven-day-a-week thing. But we do come together on Sunday mornings, and we worship the Lord corporately. We worship the Lord together. And, and Lee and his team, uh, the, the worship team up here, their responsibility is to help us to preoccupy ourselves with Christ through the words that we sing that are, uh, that are projected on the screen. Their, their, their concern is not that you look at them, but that you see what's going on on the screen and you look at the words and you start thinking about the words that you're singing and lo and behold, you are preoccupying yourself and in the presence of the Lord. That's their responsibility, and uh, they do a really good job, in my opinion. You see uh, Christ as you abide in him, as Jesus so beautifully described in John 15. He said, remember that, that passage? He said, abide in me, and let my words abide in you. Remain in me. Stay connected with me as a, as a branch connects itself to the vine and produces fruit. Abide in me. As we abide and grow in our, in our walk with the Lord, in a, into mature followers of Jesus, we, we see him. We see him greater and greater every day. I, I, I'm sorry, something just came to mind. Uh, back in my day, there was a musical called Godspell. Anybody? Okay, just a few of you. <laughs> and there was a song on that, a Day by Day. I think it hit the top 40. It's like, and it was a prayer. Three things I pray to see thee more clearly, follow thee more dearly, love thee, follow thee more Nearly, love thee more dearly, day by day. We want to, as we grow, as we abide in Christ and we grow in our faith, we immerse ourselves in the scriptures, we see him and we grow and we become more like him. You can see him so beautifully in creation. Who can look outside at God's creation and not be amazed at who he is? That's amazing to me, anyone who could do that and not be totally amazed at, at, at seeing the creativity and the beauty of our Lord in the way He created things. You can see the Lord when you serve others. And when you allow others to serve you, don't forget that part of it. A lot of us don't want to be served. We don't mind serving other people, but oh, when someone wants to do us a favor, we kind of, ah, I'm good, you know, I don't need anything. No, let others serve you. Because we can see Christ in our service to one another. When we gather corporately, 
we oftentimes see the face of Christ, see the presence of the Lord in other people. When we gather here, when we gather in our missional communities in a more private setting where we're sharing our hearts and, and just seeing the love of Christ reflected through the faith journey of other people. Listen, as we worship and as we grow and as we serve uh, together, the Holy Spirit, remember that, the Holy Spirit is doing this transforming work within us, making us, creating us into the image of Jesus. I want to um, share just a few more scriptures with you uh, that I hope will, will encourage you that I, I hope will will build you up this morning. That's one of the reasons why we gather in a, in, a, in a corporate environment, and that is to build one another up in the faith, to encourage one another. And I hope these words, God will speak to you through His Word and give you this settled confidence that as you leave here this morning, you know that God is at work in your life. Even when you don't feel like he is. Do you go through those times when um, it's just empty? You got nothing. You don't want to pray. You don't want to read your Bible. You don't want to come here. You just don't want to. Well, welcome to the family. <laughs> Everybody goes through those times. And, and some of us have learned that it, in those times when things seem to be at their worst for us spiritually, God is doing His greatest work in our lives. Because we're crying out to Him. Even if your cry is, where are you, Lord? Where are you? It's okay to cry out, out to Him. So even when we don't feel like it, we can go right back to the Word of God and, and say, this is what you said. I am going to put my faith in this and not the way I feel right now. This is what you said. So I hope these verses will encourage you. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, um, <clears throat> beginning at verse 47. 1 Corinthians 15. I realize that the context of this passage speaks about uh, our resurrection, but the principle, the idea of image bearing is, is in here. So let's look at 1 Corinthians um, chapter 15, beginning at verse 47. Paul writes this, he says, The first man was from the earth, Adam, a man of dust. The second man, Jesus, is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image, listen, just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. This is where Peter uh, proclaims who we are. He says, this is your identity. This is who you are in Christ. 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning of verse 9, he says this. He says, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, into his glory. He has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Verse 10, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. That's good news, isn't it? One more. Look at Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, words of Jesus himself, uh, beginning in verse 14. Matthew 5, 14 through 16, Jesus says this. You probably know this. He says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your God in heaven. I'm thinking of our, all the ways that we serve our community here at the Brook. And you, you know all these things we do. And those things are awesome things, but they are not ends in and of themselves. We're not serving people just to serve them. We have a motive. We want our lights to so shine before others that they may see those good works, those service projects, and do what? Glorify our God who is in heaven. That's what we're after. That's the motive behind painting the homes, cleaning the gutters, raking leaves, uh, serving food. It's to glorify God through us through these service projects, and I hope that's what we're doing. So, wherever life takes you this week, um, be assured, okay? Be encouraged that God is at work within you, carrying out His will to conform you into the image, into the likeness, into the character of His Son that will in turn bring Him glory. Walk and live this week as children of the light and shine on. Let's pray. How can we thank You, Lord, for the gift of your word we are so grateful for the holy scriptures wherein we are told of what your will is for our lives and my prayer is that everyone in here who is a follower of Jesus would have a would have great clarity as to what your will is for their lives. If they have been doubtful or, or didn't understand or thought it was some mysterious, ambiguous thing that they would never fully know, 
Father, may we leave here today based on holy scripture, based on what you have said, that your will for us is to make us just like your son in character, just like your son in the way we think, in the way we speak, in the way we act. Or maybe you're here today. Um, and, and this transformation process hasn't even begun because you are living in unbelief. You don't have that relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And perhaps right now, He is tugging and pulling you and drawing you to Himself. If that's, if that's you this morning... I, I would ask that you not leave here before talking to, to one of us, either Pat or myself or, or Reed or Chip. One of the pastors will be here up front. Hey, can we have that? Can we begin to have that gospel conversation with you? Don't leave. Don't leave without letting us pray with you at least. Um, if you need to, uh, to pray, believers, feel free to Make this platform your altar, the, this cross. Pray right where you are. Oh, but be encouraged that he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for these great and precious promises that are ours. We embrace them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand, please. Thanks for listening to The Brook. If you'd like more information about our church or what it means to follow Christ, you can visit our website at thebrookchurch.com.